so, so good. Would you pray with me? Lord, we've been in your presence already. Lord, and we sang about your glory showing up right here. We will see your glory here. So God, we pray right now, Father, for just another touch of your glory, Lord, in these next minutes. Lord, that come not through song necessarily, but Lord, through the opening up of your word, through just the, the reading, the unraveling, Lord, of your truth, that we might see it more clearly today than we have before. So we open up our eyes, our ears, and our hearts before you to discover what you have for us today in your word. Amen. Amen, amen. amen. Well, listen, I can guarantee, I think 100%, something that is true of everyone in this room. And I think also everyone who is joining us online today, hello, uh, those of you that are watching um, or uh, listening on a podcast, I can guarantee something. 100%, everyone here wants something more of God's blessing on your life. You wouldn't be here if you did not anticipate that there was more that God had for you, something of his blessing. And I don't know in your situation what that blessing uh, might look like, what, what you might long for in the blessing of God. Maybe it is more peace over a situation that has kind of caused unrest in your soul. Maybe it's something of just like sensing God's love and his affirmation towards you in new and strong ways. Maybe it is like the blessing of clarity that God is like giving you like clear direction for your future. Like when I graduate from high school, what am I supposed to do with my life? You know, like clarity. That is a blessing from the Lord. Maybe blessing for you would be healing over some place of brokenness, some sorrow, something you're grieving, or maybe even something in your body that needs his touch. Lots of ways that we can experience God's blessing. Amen. Maybe it's just money. How many of you think, that, that sounds like a blessing from the Lord. I need some extra resource. I need some new resource. So God will bless in so many different ways. Today we're going to be talking about God's blessing and how to receive it. How to receive it. And I think that probably someone here is going to be a little surprised by the manner in which we are to receive God's blessing. This week, we were reading in the book of Acts in our 260 reading plan. I hope you're joining with us because there's 260 chapters in the New Testament. The same number of weekdays there are every year. So as a church family, our practice is we are reading one chapter in the New Testament every weekday, every Monday through Friday. And today's message is coming from Acts chapter 3. In this chapter, we find this crazy miracle story. It's like amazing. It's kind of iconic when we think about the miracles in the Bible. This one is right there up at the top. And what was happening is there's these two guys that were disciples of Jesus, Peter and John. They had followed Jesus for his few years of public ministry. And then they became some of the very first leaders in this early church. And what we find is that today they're like headed to the temple at the time 
of prayer. So they didn't just like hang out in their own little huddle. They still were participating with all, all the others in their community. And they were going into the temple to pray when they are confronted by a crippled man. It says that this crippled man had been crippled his entire life. We don't know why. We don't know if something happened during birth or was dropped or something, but for his entire life, this man had been crippled. And so he sat outside the gates of the temple asking people as they went in or came out for what? Resource. Do you got some money for me? And so here he was again. And very famously, Peter tells the guy, silver or gold, I do not have. So he's turning his pockets inside, right? I I'm broke. Uh, He said, I don't have any money for you today, but what I do have, I give to you. And he says, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise and walk. And I love the fact that he just didn't leave. He didn't just like be healed and like keep going in the temple. It says that he reached out his hand and he grabs the guy's hand and he helps him to his feet. And right at that very moment, it says that instantly that his feet and his ankles were made strong. Crazy, amazing, beautiful, powerful demonstration of God's power and his love for this man. Poured out in an instant that changed this guy's entire life. Now, what would you do? If for the very first time in your life, you were able to stand on your own two feet. I mean, here's a grown man. We don't know how old he was. We don't know if he was 20. We don't know if he was 40. We have no idea. But for the first time, what would you do? You'd dance. (laughs) Ah! And it says that's exactly what this guy does. It says that he went walking and leaping and praising God going into the temple, and he went into the temple of Peter and John, and he's like dancing around, and he's, he, I mean, it's like, it's like, ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party, right? So Holy Ghost party don't stop, boom, you know? He's like, he's dancing around, and so what happens? People came running to see what was going on. I mean, they were, they were a little freaked out, but in a very good way, in a very powerful way. So they come running. Now, here's the reality. Jerusalem at this time, I'm doing some research, Jerusalem at this time was about half the size of Santa Maria. They project, I mean, there's some different projections, but, you know, it was kind of in that neighborhood of maybe, you know, uh, 45 to 60,000, somewhere in there. So about half the size of Santa Maria. Now, listen. Those of you that grew up in Santa Maria, you know everybody in Santa Maria. I mean, you can't go anywhere. We, everybody knew this guy because he stood out. And literally, all the, I mean, they all went to the temple. And so it's like, they, I mean, they also not only, maybe, maybe they didn't like go to school with him. Maybe he didn't live in their, you know, their, their little neighborhood in Jerusalem. But they all would have known him because they passed by him literally hundreds of times going in the temple and out of the temple. Here this man was. They knew him. They probably knew his name. They probably, you know, like, yo, George, what's going on today? You know, it's like they they knew him because he'd been there. 
his whole life, begging outside the doors of the temple. And so, as you would expect, people came running to check out, look what happened to George, what's going on? Crippled man, don't dance. <laughs> and yet here he was. So they came running to get close to this miracle to find out what was going on because this was a story that they would be telling for the rest of their lives. This was a story. If they were there that day, they would be telling this story to their grandkids someday, right? And so Peter had learned something from Jesus. Never waste an opportunity, right? I mean, crowds together, what did Jesus start to do? I'm gonna minister to them. I'm gonna start teaching them. And so it's exactly what Peter does. He was, it was modeled by Jesus. And so this crowd starts gathering. And so Peter starts ministering to them, starts teaching them. And it's in Acts 3.16 that Peter drops this on him. He says, by faith in the name of Jesus. Let me just pause right there. If you've been with us in 260 reading and reading in, in Acts, probably like me, you may have noticed. I hope like me, you've noticed because we're journaling and we're highlighting, we're checking things out. How many times the author of Acts, Luke, emphasizes the name. The name. The name of Jesus. There is power in his name. Sometimes the best prayer that we can pray is just Jesus. Jesus. So Peter says, by faith in the name, the name of Jesus, this man who, whom you see and know. See, there it is. They all knew this guy. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you can all see. But then Peter goes on, this Jesus who I'm talking about, this is the one you killed. Ouch. He's still healing, but you killed him. But here's the good news. God raised him from the dead. You killed him, God raised him. But then it's just moments later in this conversation that Peter gets to this incredible truth about blessing. So let's read down to Acts 3.26 and listen to what Peter says. When God raised up his servant Jesus, he sent him first to you, people of Israel. I mean, he's looking to all these Jews who were gathered at the temple. To you, first, to you people of Israel, to bless you. Would you guys say those three words? To bless you by turning you, by turning each of you back from your sinful ways. That word sinful is probably more accurately translated and maybe even in the translations you, you may be reading um, wickedness or 
lawlessness. Each of us has a tendency in our own life to want to create our own laws. The laws for my life. You may have some laws that work for you, but I got laws that work for me. I'm writing my own law. And what God says is that sin. When we walk in a way in our life that is outside of God's design, his laws, the laws that he created for humanity to live within, that is sin. And so this translator translates that into sin. But also notice he says that he sent Jesus first to the people of Israel. Now, I don't want that to confuse you. That, that's just the way that God operated. Jesus went first to Israel, to, to, to the Jews. But notice this. He did not say that God sent Jesus only to the people of Israel. Just first. This truth about God's blessing and how it flows is true for all of us. So I want us to look at that scripture again, but I, but I took out some words to just emphasize the truth that is true for all of humanity. You ready? Read, you can just read this along with me. Acts 3.26, the shortened version. God raised up his servant Jesus to bless you by turning each of you back from your sinful ways. Listen, Jesus' primary mission was to bless. This is like hopefully blowing some of you away because there is an assumption that God's primary mission was to come and condemn. His primary mission was to come and like cause people to feel really guilty, shame-filled about their lives, so shame-filled that they would want to eventually maybe consider a way out and so they would turn to Jesus. Not so. That is not what God's word tells us. Jesus' primary mission sent by God to humanity was to bless. To bless. And this speaks of God's goodness. His love. That God is not angry with you and me like we deserve. No, he is filled with grace and mercy, and he is ready to bless. Listen, listen to how the Apostle Paul talks about this in one of his letters that he wrote to the city of Ephesus, to the church there. It's in Ephesians 1, 3. Paul talks about the blessings that come through Jesus. And he says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has what? Blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Why? Because we are united with Christ. Because we have given ourselves over to Jesus and he has given himself freely to us. So we are united with him. And so we experience every spiritual blessing. And then he goes on for the next verses and he describes those blessings. And if you would allow me, I have, I have taken the liberty of altering these next verses just a little bit. Because what I wanted to do is I wanted to personalize them. 
It's the same. I didn't change any of the, the context or the meaning, but I changed the words instead of the generic, like he came to bless all y'all. I've changed the words here so that I want you to read this aloud with me so that it penetrates your heart at the deepest levels. So we're going to read the following verses when, that describe these blessings. Are you ready? It's in Ephesians 1, 4 through 8 with my little alterations. You ready? Here we go. Even before he made the world. And we're going to start again because I, I don't hear everybody. I want, I want to hear you from the back row. I want to hear Gary. I want to hear your voice, bro. Even before he made the world, God loved me and chose me in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt me into his own family and bring me to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. But it goes on. So praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on me because I belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased my freedom with the blood of his son and forgave my sins. He has showered me with his kindness on me along with all wisdom and understanding. Can you just thank Jesus? Praise your name. Listen, guys, this is his promise, not just generically for others. This is true for you and for me. Jesus' primary mission was to bless. Let there be no confusion about that. The word blessing means to cause to prosper. Jesus' mission was to cause you to prosper, to thrive, to abide and live in his redemption and his good plan for you. His primary mission was to bless, to cause you to prosper. That is why Jesus went to the cross. To destroy the power of sin. Now follow this. This is, really, this is like the connection point here. It's why Jesus went to the cross, to destroy the power of sin. The very thing that keeps all of us from experiencing the fullness of his blessing. What causes us to not all, 100% of the time, be walking in the fullness of the blessing of Jesus. It's sin. The very thing that Jesus broke the back of when he went to the cross. Sin is what we are naturally drawn to because we imagine somehow in our own faulty, broken human thinking that somehow this is what blessing must feel like. And so we do that thing, whatever it is. We're like chasing after blessing, but we're doing it in all the wrong places. 
We're chasing after that high or that feeling of being in control. Whatever it is that is outside of God's design, it's like we're acting lawlessly according to God's laws, but we're doing that because we brokenly think that must be what blessing feels like. But it's an illusion. It's untrue. Because sin will always make us its slave. And guess what, guys? The slaves never prosper. What is God's blessing? It's his causing us to prosper. Sin blocks that because it becomes our master. And slaves never prosper. So Jesus came to set slaves free by destroying sin's power. It no longer controls me, even though I'm still tempted by it, but it's no longer in control. Jesus has given me control by the power of the cross. So with that backdrop again, let's read Acts 3.26 one more time and then dive into just a little bit more conversation. It says, God raised up his servant Jesus to bless you by turning each of you back from your sinful ways. Turning to Jesus from sin is the key to blessing. Turning to Jesus from sin is the key to living in true blessing. So what does this look like? What what would that look like? How, How does turning from sin to Jesus release God's blessing in my life? I want to give you three massive examples of what this blessing actually looks like and feels like. So let's talk about three blessings. You ready? Blessing number one, freedom. (laughs) The blessing of freedom. In another letter, uh, this one to the church in Rome, Paul says these words. Listen to this about the blessing of freedom. It's in Romans 4, 7, and 8. And he says this. He says, oh, what joy. For those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. Boom. Joy. This amazing sense of relief to be walking free from that very thing that had chained me that it held me in in chains. This ball and chain of sin that was on my life that was like, I never thought that I was gonna be free from. Part of my story, and some of you have heard me share this before, but when, when I was growing up, I was hounded by pornography. And this is before there was even internet. I was like hounded by it, like chased down by it. I remember first finding just randomly pornographic magazines and stuff like that when I was about six years old. And wasn't looking for it. But 
after that moment, for all of my growing up years, my childhood, early teen years, high school years, I just kept coming across and finding and then chasing after pornography. And like I said, that was, that was before the internet where it's available everywhere 24-7. Pornography and all of those accompanying lusts and lustful behaviors, those, those took over. They became my master. Now, I knew Jesus at that time, but I still was being controlled by this. There had not been a turning from there was, being a, there was being controlled by. It was my master. Until it wasn't. Now listen, I had, there was a couple of big key moments in my story of, of growing and, and, and wrestling through this that, that helped lead to my freedom. But the one that like put the nail in the coffin to that is when I finally, when I was in college age, went to my college pastor and had an honest conversation about what I was struggling with, about this sin that had hounded and chased me for all my growing up years. Oh, the power of confession and repentance I'd repented to God a thousand times. I didn't want this to control me, but it was, in, it was in control. It was my master. But man, confessing it to another human being who cared about me, who prayed with me, I'm telling you, it was broken. The power of that sin was broken and I was free. Man, when I walked into his office, I was carrying all of this weight, the guilt, the shame, knowing that I was outside of God's blessing in this area of my life. I knew that I was walking outside of it. I was lawless in this area. When I walked out, I mean, I probably grew like three feet because I was just so light, man. This burden that I'd been carrying was gone. If you know, you know. I'm looking at y'all. If you have ever carried the burden of sin, the shame and the guilt and all those things that go along with, with that, and yours may have been a very different kind of sin. Maybe you just like the sin of pride or sin of gluttony or some other, the sin of hatred towards another person, the sin of unforgiveness, right? All those kind of things. I, I don't know. My story, not your story, but there's similarities. And when you get free, oh, like Paul, it's like, oh, what joy. Oh, what joy. Like the crippled man, getting free. I want to dance. I want to tell somebody. What Jesus did for me, the first blessing of turning to Jesus from sin, blessing of freedom. Second, blessing, fulfillment. F 
fulfillment. Listen, over the past weeks, a couple of times we've talked about this idea of having a prophetic assignment. Like each one of us having this prophetic assignment, something of God's design and purpose that is unique and special for you. How you were created. Different from me, different from anybody else in this room, different from anybody else on this planet. Your unique and beautiful prophetic assignment. True fulfillment comes when you're living in the life God intended. That his purpose is being realized in your life. When you are in alignment with your purpose, in alignment with the purpose for which you were created, that is where we truly find fulfillment. (laughs) Fulfillment is the confident assurance that I was made for this. I was made for this. Whether it's being a mom or a dad or someone in your job who's doing it with excellence, your areas of ministry, how you serve and care for other people, using your creative gifts and talents, not just for yourself, but like to, to like expand something of God's goodness and his kingdom. It's like, I was made for this. And that's where true fulfillment comes. But sin will always cause us to be out of alignment with our purpose. Sin will always cause us to be out of alignment. And it's painful. If you have ever had your back go out of alignment, you know what I'm talking about. Now, I have. And a couple of times times kind of pretty dramatic. I remember one time kind of doing a little jog through my neighborhood and it was on like a path and everything, but I, I think I hit like just this little dip with one foot and like instantly my back was out of alignment so severely that I did not know if I was going to be able to even get home. I just like crouched down and you're just like, oh, you know, it's like, I am so out of alignment. And, and, and I was like, I, I was on this trail. So I like, I was about a quarter mile from home and I if, man, if you would have laughed if you would have seen me, because I was just like walking like this. I mean, I could barely move. I don't know how long it took. I finally got home. I was in so much pain. Why? Because when we're out of alignment, everything is painful and exhausting. When you're out of alignment, it takes you like 10 times more effort to do that very thing that you were trying to do. This is not just true for your body. It is true for your soul. When you are out of alignment with God's purpose for your life, your prophetic assignment, everything becomes exhausting. Everything becomes painful. It is a drudgery. And guess what? If you are, if you, well, if you're not running towards your purpose, you know what ends up happening? You're never going to fulfill it. If you are not able to run with the strength that God has for you towards your purpose, you're never going to be able to fulfill it. In Proverbs 28.1, I love this. We read this, the wicked 
run away. We're the wicked. That same idea of like being in sin, being caught up in lawlessness. The wicked run away when no one is chasing them. But the godly are as bold as a lion. This is what sin does. It causes us to be so out of alignment that we're just like, we're, we're just like running away. Fearful that we're going to get caught. We're not going after our intended purpose, that a prophetic assignment that God has for us. No, we are heading the wrong direction. We feel like we're being chased by our own shadow. Knowing that at any moment, the truth could be discovered about what's going on in our story. We could end up exposed. This is terrifying. And if we're running away from our purpose, there's no way we will ever fulfill it. Sin steals our fulfillment. But the righteous, <laughs> not the perfect, but the righteous, those who have turned away from sin, turned away from that lawless behavior and said, God, no, I'm, I want, I'm turning towards you. Guess what? The righteous are as bold as a lion. There is this like holy confidence to pursue the thing that I was created to do. And that pursuit, I'm promising you, is what leads to fulfillment in our life. The blessing, not only freedom, but a fulfillment. Third blessing we're going to just mention briefly here before we wrap up is this. Is the blessing of legacy. The blessing of legacy. Turning from sin to Jesus is not just for you. It's for everyone who lives downstream from your life. So I want to ask you, what's flowing out of your life to those around you? What is flowing out of your life? Who's downstream from your life? I think this truth most dramatically impacts our families. What is flowing downstream from your life into the life of your children? Are you living free? Are you living in that sense of fulfilling the purpose that God has for you in your life? Or are you chasing other things that will never lead to freedom or fulfillment? What is flowing from your life? Because what is flowing from your life will impact your children. It will also impact your spouse. It will also impact those you work with, your neighbors, your friends. Because all that's flowing from your life is going to directly influence and impact their lives and their stories. What is flowing from your life will impact our church. Because you have influence here. Some with greater influence, some lesser influence. Your influence should be growing. You touch more people's lives. Whatever is flowing from your life will impact those who are downstream from you. What is your legacy?
Jesus says that we're to be the salt and the light in this world. Is your legacy one of being a peacemaker? Is your legacy one of generosity? Is your legacy one of love, of kindness, of goodness, of faithfulness? Or is it something else? I believe that one of the greatest blessings that we receive in our life when we turn from sin and turn to Jesus is the blessing of legacy. That my family, my church family, my friends are going to be impacted and influenced by the legacy of my life. That is a massive blessing. Donna, everyone that comes into your store, there's a legacy they're bumping up against. There's an influence. Mike, wherever you are, you drive a UPS truck, every door you knock on, every business you go into, there's influence there. Each one of us has influence that people bump up against that legacy that we're leaving. But pastor, I'm not perfect. We're not talking about perfection. We're talking about direction. It's not about perfection, it's about direction. It's why I love what Peter said. It's about turning. Look at this verse one last time. Acts 3, 26. God raised up his servant Jesus to do what? To bless you by turning each of you back from your sinful ways. See, the question is, which way are you turning? It's about your direction. It's not about perfection. Our blessing comes as a result of the direction that we are headed the blessings of our freedom, our fulfillment, our legacy are all dependent on the direction of our life. Will we allow Jesus to turn us from sin and toward his saving grace? It's up to us. How do we do this? How do we do this? How do we allow this turning to take place? Something that Peter had shared in the same conversation just a few verses earlier. I saved it for, for this moment. It's back a few verses in Acts 3, 19 and 20. This is what Jesus says. Now repent of your sins and turn to God. It's that turning. So that your sins may be wiped away. <laughs> then what happens? Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. Repent and turn. Listen, really, we can't do one without the other. We never turn without repenting. But repentance will always lead to turning our direction. Because repentance means that change of direction. And it's offered freely. It's what Jesus came to do. Not to guilt trip you into repentance, but to promise his blessing.
this is how life works. This is how we get to experience the fullness of living in his blessing is that day by day, not just once, day by day, we make that decision. Jesus, I'm turning towards you. I can have our ministry team come up and just get ready to just to pray with individuals. I think there may be more people that say, I want to pray with somebody today. There are things that I need to turn from. There are things that I need to confess. There are things that I need to make right. And I'm telling you, the most powerful way that we can step into repentance is by this biblical practice of confession. That very thing that I did all the way back in my early college age years, when I just confessed my own place of brokenness to someone who was trusted. Each of these people up here, they're trusted. You can trust them. They're not gonna share your story. And you don't have to even get into gory details. Just say, this is my issue. This is what has been a ball and chain around my soul. And I want it broken. I want to live in God's blessing. So which way are you turning today? Are you going to allow Jesus to turn you? He's not going to do it by condemning. He's going to do it through his love. Through his invitation. Live in my blessing. I want to bless you. I want to pour out my love, my forgiveness. I want you to experience the fullness of my grace and my mercy. I want you to be able to live into your prophetic assignment with boldness and courage like you never imagined you could. But turn, turn, turn your heart to Jesus. Some of you have done that before, need to do it again today. But there's some here today that maybe you've never done that. Maybe you have never turned towards him. And today, maybe it is just coming to into that like stark clarity like never before. Where are you headed? What is the direction of your life? Would you just close your eyes for a moment? And I want you each one to think about where am I headed? What is the direction that I am headed? Is it my way or is it towards Jesus? And every other way than to, towards Jesus will always lead always lead to brokenness, heartache, pain, and exhaustion. But Jesus came to bless, to set us free. And if you have never turned your heart to Jesus, if you have never done that before, but today you say, Pastor Tim, today is my day. I am turning my heart towards him. I want you to just raise your hand and just wait so that I can just acknowledge you and see you. If today is your day, if you have not done that before, bro, look up at me because I want to say, yeah, man, today's your day. You are turning and your life will never be the same. Thanks. Bro, I agree with you today. That turning 
is going to mark your life from now until you someday are with Jesus in heaven. Blessing, love, his grace, his provision. Ma'am, I see you too. Look up at me just so I can like look in your eyes. If you got your hand up, look at me too. Because I want to see you and say, yeah, I agree with you today. Anybody else want to join these saying today? Yeah, all right. Today's the day. Jesus, I pray right now, Lord, especially for these. Lord, who have said today marks my day. Today marks my day, February 12th, 2023, a day of blessing, of freedom. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Hey, those of you that said yes to Jesus and raised your hand, don't leave here before coming down, meeting with, we have a gift for you. We have something, it's just a little resource. This is gonna help you to continue saying yes to Jesus. But listen, there are others in this room who need to find someone to pray with today before you leave. Don't leave carrying the crap that you walked in with, the baggage, the bondage, the stuff that has been weighing you down. Get rid of it today. Learn to walk in his freedom. Amen? Amen. Let's go, church. Have a great week. You are loved.